Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Make sure to go to TimCast.com. Click join us and become a member to support this podcast and all the work we do, and you'll get access to exclusive uncensored segments from TimCast IRL and way more. Now, let's jump into the first story. Over the weekend, we got some very serious and devastating videos coming out of Moscow. Drone strikes striking a building in what appears to be civilian and residential areas. Now, some are saying that the area of the building that was struck, the building itself, housed secret government operations. Possibly. I think it's reasonable considering there was a drone strike in Moscow. The target probably mattered for some reason. I really don't think that whatever is going on with war, they would just randomly target some civilian building. But the videos are crazy. You got a guy driving down the highway and there's just skyscrapers and buildings along the highway and you see a section of the building just blown out. There's a video of it happening and people screaming. A strike in Moscow signals something very serious. And a lot of people are suggesting World War III, notably Biden voters. I love this story from Deadline. Oliver Stone regrets voting for Biden, fears he might start World War III. Might? Yeah, fair point, might. We don't know that World War III is starting. Some think it already has. There have been prominent personalities, I believe even the Pope, who have said that World War III has begun. You know, instantly, whenever we bring up subjects like this, there's a group of people who will tweet and say, it'll never happen. I mean, it might not happen. I don't know. But just be warned. Normalcy bias, optimism bias. Two things I like to cite to tell you, chance favors the prepared. And failure to plan is planning for failure. In the event war does happen, what's your plan? I mean, war is happening. And Biden has called in the reserves, not just uh, actual reserve, but uh, I think I forgot what it's called. Selected reserves and ready reserves. This means that people are being recalled to active duty and they're being sent to Europe because we may be about to enter a very serious war. The nuclear weapons facility in Belarus are nearing completion and people are concerned that this could escalate into a into a very dark place. I think it was a, a year or two ago we saw in New York City, they ran this hilarious ad about what to do in the event of a nuclear strike. And everyone's like, why are you showing us this? Uh, guys. Because they're concerned about a nuclear strike. You know, call it whatever you want. But the intelligence agencies and government have probably had some inclination that something like this could happen for a while now. When it finally meets the public sphere, it's way afterwards. So with the buildup of troops on the Ukrainian border, I didn't think anything was going to happen. I was wrong. A lot of people thought nothing would happen. They were wrong. And while Trump was president, nothing was happening. But it seems like the intelligence agencies were preparing for something. Now, here we go. Dumping tons of money into Europe for an escalating war that Russia views as against them and NATO. That in the West, they lie and they're just like, it's not really a war. We're not involved. It's just it's you. It's or I should say it's not really our war. 
It's Ukraine fighting. Meanwhile, you've got veterans and volunteers. Sure. United States citizens are on the ground fighting. U.S. special forces are in the country. We're funding their weapons. We're providing the intelligence. Europe's deeply involved. Of course, this is, if it doesn't stop now, World War III. Okay, maybe not. Maybe you can call it a limited conflict between Russia, albeit not the biggest power in the world anymore, but still a very powerful nation. I don't know if you can call them a superpower. I mean, they have nuclear weapons, so that may be enough. But out of all of this, there are a few things to talk about before we get into the updates on Warfront, and that is the political ramifications of voting for Joe Biden. You know, all these people said, if you vote for Donald Trump, you're going to get World War Three. And I'm like, why? Vladimir Putin and the, and, uh, was, was pressing the conflict in Ukraine during Obama. I was personally there on the ground in Ukraine when all of this stuff started. I was in Kiev during what they called Euromaidan, watching these protests against their president who then fled to Russia. This was happening. The annexation of Crimea, I wasn't there for that. Donald Trump gets elected, stops. And of course, the argument from these liberals and neolibs and neocons is that Trump was, was, was giving Putin everything he wanted. And what is that? The U.S. wasn't getting involved in this psychotic garbage. ISIS was being decimated and crushed. Surprise, surprise. It seems like Vladimir Putin didn't like the fact that the U.S. had a hand in destabilizing Syria, destabilizing the Middle East, and was now pressing NATO into Ukraine. Russia didn't like that. Now, of course, competing interests. I, honestly, would prefer the U.S. to succeed over Russia. But of course, I wonder why it is that NATO is pressing on the Russian border with Estonia, Latvia, and now Ukraine. What relevance does that have to us? Europe is stagnating economically. That's what they say in some reports. I've been reading some economic reports about U.S. GDP versus European. It would seem that a big motive for this uh, and, and again, look, I'm, I'm just some dude who reads stuff on the Internet. Granted, I do know some powerful people in this world who have told me things. I don't think I have access to any real privy information. So what's really going on, man, we can only we can only assume. But my general understanding is that what's happening with Ukraine is an effort to strengthen the economy of Europe so that they can compete with the expanding Chinese economic bloc. Now you've got the BRICS nation with nations, which includes Russia and China. They want they're, they're going to be launching a gold backed currency. It doesn't mean the end is nigh, but for the past 10 years in the public space, we've seen this coming with Russia and China wanting to get off the petrodollar and trying to dump U.S. bonds. It would seem this was a long time coming. And of course, Thucydides Trap says that when a rising economic power seeks to supplant the dominant power, war is extremely likely. One report I was reading said that of the 16 times this happened throughout history, 12 resulted in major war. And a major war today, oh boy, that'll be interesting to say the least. Now, Joe Biden, I think, is a criminal individual. Granted, he's old and uh, a, a bit, so let's just be polite here, suffering from a, a, a um, memory and capability issue. I'm trying to be nice. But I think if you look back at his family history, there's a lot of shady dealings going on. Now you've got Devin Archer is going to be testifying. We're going to hear things about Hunter and his dad. It is not good news for the United States. The United States itself is facing mass destabilization. Call it whatever you want. And I will tell you, it is like a Chinese finger trap problem. The more the intelligence agencies provoke, and they do, 
the more the left plays this dirty game and the liberals, this dirty game of weaponizing the DOJ, the faster the United States will start to unravel. But you see, there are people who are so invested in this psychotic mission, racing, pedal to the metal towards the edge of a cliff, that they will burn the world down before they accept a Donald Trump presidency and the U.S. pulling back as being the world police. They would rather the U.S. burn the ground than China or Russia gain international supremacy. It's interesting. You know, I get it. I certainly do. Certainly do. You don't want China to rule the world or have that power, but to sacrifice everything in nuclear hellfire makes no sense. But let's talk about how Oliver Stone feels, and then we'll read some news about what's happening with the war. Deadline says Oliver Stone regrets voting for Biden. Oh, does he? Veteran filmmaker Oliver Stone has voiced his regret for voting for President Joe Biden, saying he fears the U.S. leader may take America into World War III. Bro, wake up and read the news. Have you been watching what's going on? This dude is dumping funding into active war with Russia. He may. He may have already. Stone was speaking to UK commentator Russell Brand for his podcast, Stay Free. Shout out Russell Brand. Amazing show. When he said Biden is an old, cold warrior and he really hates the old Soviet Union, which he confounds again with the Russian Federation, which is not communist. It seems that he's dragging us stupidly into a confrontation with a power that is not going to give. This is their borders. This is their world. This is NATO going into Ukraine. This is their whole other story. If we don't stop this, what Biden is doing, this guy, I voted for him. I made a mistake. I was thinking he was an old man now that he would calm down, that he'd be more mellow and so forth. I didn't see that at all. Stone added that in making his documentary Ukraine on Fire, he had uncovered the causes of the conflict in Eastern Europe. You have to look at the reasons for this war. And whatever you do, the Americans like to simplify and say it's a question of Russian invasion of Ukraine. That's very simplistic and very black and white. He added that his doc explains the origins of this war in a coup d'etat of 2014, which was sponsored and supported thoroughly by the United States. It was a very deep plan to penetrate the Russian Federation. And that's basically what I was talking about. Having been there on the ground, the argument is that Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The goal of what was going on in Ukraine was to remove the pro-Russian president. Now, he wasn't exactly as Yanukovych. He wasn't necessarily pro-Russia, but he was not uh, not giving the West what they wanted. He's basically playing it up both sides, doing right by the people of Ukraine. As I've been told and have read, granted, I could be wrong. I don't know. I don't have access to private intelligence. But the general idea was that Russia said, hey, we're going to give you all these things if you side with us, the Russian Trade Federation, which includes a bunch of other countries in the region. Some said that Vladimir Putin wants to rebuild the Soviet Union. However, a lot of people in Ukraine, the people I met, and these are regular people. I didn't go to like special secret meetings. I'm walking around in the street. They want to be part of the European Union. They want access to the Schengen zone. And they fear Russia because of, I don't know, nightmarish things like the Holodomor. They don't want 
to be a part of Russia. Now, in the eastern regions, sentiment is very, very different. And Yanukovych was basically like, who's going to give us the better deal? Who's going to give the good deal? We've got the leverage. And this is where things go south. When the U.S. comes and knocking and says, take the deal or else, Yanukovych said, look, we got Russia at our back. If you screw with us, I want a real deal. Offer my people good incentives, access to the Schengen zone. Russia was saying, hey, we'll give you this, that or otherwise. And finally, what happens? Well, many sources believe, and they could be wrong. I don't know. Just stuff you read on the Internet and various reports. Oliver Stone seems to believe it. U.S. intelligence said, we're going to remove this guy because he won't do what we want. And then you get Zelensky. I mean, granted, there was there were other people in between, of course, Poroshenko. Russia says, no way. This is the U.S. basically stealing this. And as I've described before, you know what we're getting with this is soft power and the U.S. exertion of rather successfully. Vladimir Putin, on the other hand, his soft power didn't work. He doesn't have the money. He's, he's the BRICS nations. They can't compete with the petrodollar. They're trying to. So when it came to what's going on in Ukraine, he lost the soft power battle and resulted and resorted to hot conflict and invasion. Well, Donald Trump was president and it wasn't happening. And that's uh, good news for all of us. We don't want active conflict and war. And Putin was probably thinking, like, let's see how Trump handles this. And Trump's attitude was, for one, he did send weapons to Ukraine for sure, but he was crushing ISIS. He was saying, get our troops out of Syria, get our troops out of Afghanistan. And Russia was like, it is a good thing that the U.S. is pulling out of these areas. Now, the argument from many uh, in the United States who are more in, uh, uh, into the, I don't know, ne- more, more neocon, neolib, more hawkish thing, it's because Vladimir Putin and China want to move in. And China certainly did. Once U.S. troops were pulled from Afghanistan, China started making its move to go in. They want access to that lithium. So you can make the argument. And I think this is a scary thing. I don't want war. I think Biden's miserable. I think uh, uh, these people are deeply corrupt and you do not get to rule by secrecy. If it is so true that these horrible things are happening in the world, then you need to win the culture. I say that to the United States and their intelligence agencies and their and their. But I don't believe it. I think they're just lying for power. And uh, this is a country that is uh, of foreign by the people as it's supposed to be. So when you lie, cheat and steal and you think it's for the it's for the better of the uh, betterment of the of America. I don't believe you because you're liars and you do dirty things. But the reality is it's not so simple. If we do back down and lose some of these conflicts, it's entirely possible that China does move in, does take over these regions. Russia does come to their aid. They do launch their own reserve currency, their gold-backed currency, displace the United States. And then you see the real tyranny of the Chinese Communist Party. We do not want a multipolar world. So I don't have all the answers for you, my friends. I certainly can tell you that avoiding World War Three is preferable but there's also the reality of a, a, a global superpower, China, that displaces and oppresses us. Depends on what you uh, are willing to tolerate. That's why I think World War Three is a real possibility. In this article from NBC News, they show you a brief little clip of a, a drone strike. Drones target Russian capital on eve of military parade attended by Putin. The defense ministry described the incident as an attempt by the Kiev regime to launch a terror attack by unmanned aerial vehicles. It's a whole new world of warfare. Benny Johnson has the video. You know, I don't know if I can actually, uh, I think we should play it. I think we should play it. It doesn't show any harm to anybody. It just shows a a military strike. 
So uh, we'll play this for you real quick. Uh, here's the, the video. Here's what I want you to understand. This video right here. Igor Sushko on Twitter verified. He says he was born in Ukraine, American, says the target of the drone strike in Moscow was a secret ministry of economic development office on the 10th floor of the skyscraper. At least six government ministries occupied this building. The offices are guarded by Putin's Federal Protective Service, FSO. Perhaps that's true. I don't know. There's just something I want to convey to you with this video that I found um, profound. The video is simple. It's a man driving on a highway showing the massive hole in the side of what appears to be some kind of civilian building hit by a drone strike, apparently, or considering the damage, I don't believe it's a drone strike. You take a look at it and what you see is just this floor is blown out. The glass the windows below it and above it are intact, suggesting to me probably wasn't a drone strike. I'd imagine a drone strike would have, especially of the magnitude we just witnessed, a, uh, a larger blast radius. The, the uh, uh, top and bottom floors should be shattered as well. But hey, what do I know? I'm not an expert on uh, military strikes or anything like that. What you end up uh, getting is just a civilian building blown out. I want you to imagine that you're driving down the highway in your town, in your city. I'm sure you've driven through areas like this. Being from Chicago, there are a ton of areas, especially when you're driving on I-95 or 90 coming into the city, you drive past a bunch of these buildings in northwest suburbs. And that's what this looks like to me. And that's the vision I got. Driving through the suburbs with these tall buildings into the city and you see someone blew it up. That's crazy. World War Three is a very real possibility, my friends. We have this article from express.co.uk, which apparently just doesn't want to load. Okay. Well, I guess we don't get to read it. Let's see if we can pull it up here. Belarus completes new facility for nuclear missiles at, as NATO braces for World War III. Well, I guess Express is down, but uh, that was the headline. Russia's latest threat to NATO and the world strikes just 600 feet from Romania. Spark fresh fears of World War III amid warning. Wagner Group could be sent to disrupt vital grain supplies. Ladies and gentlemen, we may be staring down the barrel of World War III, as I've now said maybe a couple dozen times. I don't know everything. I can't see the future. And I think the most important thing for all of you to understand is this. I do not have access to privy information. I do not have any confidential, any secret information. No, all I have is reading news articles, which means I'm probably dead wrong about everything. You know, I was talking to some friends about uh, military technology and nuclear weapons, like a hundred year old technology. OK, it's like 80 year old technology, 80 year old technology, right? 75 or whatever. Do You think that U.S. interests just stopped there? What do we know about? We know about directed energy weapons. We know about laser induced plasma channels like my favorite military weapon, which they don't really use, but would be cool. A laser-induced plasma channel. It's basically like a laser gun. The way it works is a, and they've had this for a long time. This is like over a decade. They've probably had it for a lot longer than that. A laser super charges a direct path through the air, creating a shorter path for an electrical charge. Basically, they can point this art, this cannon at you, 
and shoot you with a bolt of lightning. Crazy. It's called the laser induced plasma channel. Some people, if you look on YouTube, have made very, very uh, simple ones. There's a really cool video where you have a doorway with uh, laser induced LIPCs, they call them. And you can just see streaks of electricity shooting between the door, uh, creating some kind of very painful barrier if you were to walk through it. It'll hit you with electrical charge. Uh, That's just one example of weapons that most people aren't even aware exists. There are a bunch of other crazy uh, weapons possible. Now, when we see stuff like this, these drone strikes, I also want people to understand antimatter weapons. Antimatter, when it comes into contact with what I guess what you'd call traditional matter, I don't know, positively charged matter, it has a perfect 100% annihilation, energy release. So theoretically, very, very small antimatter bombs could be massive, massive. We've produced some antimatter. We do it with those large hadron collider, the large hadron collider as super colliders, basically. That's how we produce it. And then we store the antimatter in magnetic rings so they don't come into contact with other matter because then they would. But I wonder, I wonder, are we working on some kind of antimatter weapon? We don't know. When the nukes were being built, the A-bomb, nobody knew it was being built. Go see Oppenheimer, I guess. Compartmentalization. There was speculation the U.S. was working on some crazy top secret project, but nobody knew exactly what it was. Some thought it might be a death beam, a laser, some kind of directed energy weapon. No, it was a uh, uh, it was the atomic bomb. And then we went and dropped it on Japan. Truman. Right now, what we're seeing with Russia, with Kiev and all of this stuff, man. We have no idea the devastation that may occur. Cyber warfare could blow up nuclear power plants. They talk about, oh, there's bombs on the Zaporizhia power plant. They could probably blow it up remotely using a, a simple line of code. I've seen examples of this at the Black Hat conference 12 years ago, 11 years ago. Or actually, I think this was, uh, what is this, nine years ago. They, they, they were, they were uh, these, these uh, hackers said with simple lines of code, they can max, uh, increase the pressure by lying about the temperature and cause a, a pump facility to explode. And that could be in a nuclear power plant. It could be in an oil refinery. It can be a water uh, treatment plant. They can blow it up, shut it down. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They also explained how you could send a drone within 40 miles of one of these facilities and transmit the code, causing chaos. We don't even know what's to come. In the meantime, in the United States, Joe Biden is being accused of very serious crimes. We've got internal conflict and division currently underway. Referrals for Fauci to be uh, sent to jail. Criminal charges. Joe Biden facing a potential impeachment. If war does break out at this point, I, I wonder if we do get involved, if the U.S. is openly in active conflict with that strike near Romania. Is it possible that the U.S. just crumbles, that 
I mean, if we get involved in active World War III, I have to imagine this country will be ripped apart from the inside. You're going to have almost every single anti-war leftist. You're going to have, there, there's no justification. There's, there's going to be no pro, uh, pro-war sentiment. Every Trump supporter. Chaos. But we'll see, my friends. My question for you is, what is your plan? Because failure to plan is planning for failure. I'm not saying to run to the hills. I'm not saying become a prepper. I'm saying, have you thought about what happens in the event of full-scale war? I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Dr. Senator Rand Paul has sent another criminal referral to the DOJ over Dr. Fauci lying to Congress. It's perjury. We all know he lied. We have evidence that he lied. They won't do anything about it. So I don't know how I'm supposed to report on these stories or opine on them when we know what's going to happen. Merrick Garland is not an attorney general. He's a hatchet man for the Bidens. And that's what he does. He will ignore the crimes committed on the Democrat side and absolutely and completely weaponize the DOJ to crush Republicans. Why? He's a petty, pathetic little man who's angry that he didn't get to be on the Supreme Court. So instead of actually doing right by this country, he seeks only personal gain and petty revenge. Unfortunate, but reality. I don't know what you do about it. I'd like to sit here and tell you that justice would be done. But this man cares not for justice. He cares for personal petty revenge. Here's the story from the Daily Mail. Republican Senator Rand Paul, Dr. Senator Rand Paul, sends an official criminal referral to the DOJ over Dr. Fauci saying a 2020 email proves the former White House doc's COVID testimony was absolutely a lie. Now, I love this story. You may remember when Dr. Fauci testified before uh, Rand Paul several times, I believe. My favorite thing is he was asked whether he funded gain of function research. Fauci says no. The document in question undeniably says gain of function research uh, and, and, and that it was funded by Dr. Fauci, uh, uh, funding came from uh, Fauci's NIAID. I love it. What Fauci would do is, uh, this is how I, I, I analogize it. Rand Paul would say, did you fund gain of function research? And Fauci's like, we absolutely did not do that. We only funded the experimental creation of chimeric viruses. To t- uh, you see where it's going. Let me simplify it for those who don't quite understand the basics of gain of function. Gain of function is to make viruses gain functions, simply put. Typically, they say it's done so that they can prepare for a potential strain of a virus and we can make vaccines for it. So what they'll do is they'll infect animals with a virus, take the animal who's exhibiting certain symptoms, put it with other animals to spread that strain, and that's how they typically do gain-of-function research. It's not very complicated. They can then say, okay, this one is a respiratory virus. We have a strain that causes this symptom. Let's try and make a a vaccine for it. Some argue that much of gain of function is weaponization research and that often a lot of the things you see in these viruses and gain of function research don't don't appear in nature because it's effectively forced evolution, forced development. So what happens is Rand Paul says, I will give you an analogy. Senator asks, doctor, do you have doors on your building? And the man testifying under us says, no, we do not have any doors on our buildings. We only have portholes with large objects. And when you turn the knob, the object will move out of the way, allowing you to enter through the portholes. Like, hey, wait a minute. You're describing a door. 
And that's exactly what happened. There's not going to be an arrest of Dr. Fauci. The corrupt individuals are not going to face justice unless or until Merrick Garland is impeached. Biden is removed from the White House, either through the 25th Amendment, impeachment and and conviction, or Donald Trump is elected. Now, these, my friends, are the only paths. They really are. Destabilization doesn't solve any of the problems. So when you see stuff like January 6th, it made everything worse. Now you've got this really funny video with uh, Joe Rogan talking to Jim Gaffigan, and Gaffigan is just so utterly clueless on the issue, and I don't blame him. He's a comedian, not a news guy. And I commend Joe Rogan for knowing as much as he does about this stuff. But boy, man, I I was listening to that uh, Joe Rogan, Jim Gaffigan segment where Gaffigan's like, you know, January 6th, et cetera, and, and Rogan's trying to explain to him the deep state. And I'm just like, I wish I would have been there, you know, because that would have been like, let me lay it all out for you, A, B, and C. And we'll talk a little bit about that. But here's the story. Rand Paul submitted an official criminal referral to the DOJ in regards to Anthony Fauci. Senator Rand Paul, Dr. Senator Rand Paul, claims Fauci 82 committed perjury. Claims? I mean, look, Rand Paul holds up a document that says gain of function research and then says funding provided by Fauci's organization. And then Fauci's like, nope. It's like, wait, hold on there a minute. Hold on there a minute. The argument, I suppose, from Fauci is that they provided funding, but not for gain of function research. It's just that the funding was used for gain of function research. So no, we didn't fund it. They just went and did it with our funding. You see how that works. Paul has now written to Attorney General Merrick Garland calling for an investigation into whether Fauci lied under oath. To be fair, innocent until proven guilty, but I'm of the opinion that Fauci lied under oath. Quote, when Anthony Fauci came before my committee, he said absolutely he funded no gain of function research in China. We have email where he describes the research they are doing. They said, you know what? You know what? Excuse me. We are suspicious of the lab because we know they're doing gain of function research. Now, hold on. Paul explained it to Laura Ingram. If Fauci said we're suspicious because we know they're doing gain of function research, that actually lends to the argument that Fauci did not fund gain of function research, that funding was provided for something and then used for something else. He describes the project, but everything he's been telling us from the very beginning has been a lie. We have documented it's a lie and it's a felony to lie to Congress. I've referred him twice to the attorney general of the United States for prosecution. But as you know, this attorney general is the most partisan AG we've ever had. And it's good luck on getting him to do his job. Yes, because Merrick Garland is evil. OK, let me let me let me let me try to break down evil. OK, honorable means you understand that there is more to this world than just you. That we all must work together for the betterment of each other, our communities and mankind. Evil is destructive, petty, personal, and greedy, self-righteous. Merrick Garland wants petty revenge. He wants personal gain. He wants tribal gain. He doesn't care for what's actually right for this country. He doesn't care for what could unify this country. Now, by all means, make the argument that he's trying to protect intelligence to save this country. No, This country is being ripped apart at its core. And what we need is justice. But they won't have it. Why? They hate Donald Trump. They hate you. They don't like that you're defiant. They don't like that we can learn from the Internet. They want you to turn on CNN, shut your mouth 
and listen to what they tell you. Heaven forbid you actually do research on your own. That's what they want. They say in July 2021, Dr. Fauci testified how his former department has not ever and does not now fund gain of function research in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Gain of function research refers to a type of scientific investigation connected by vir- uh, connected on viruses with the purpose of enhancing their transmissibility or virulence. There's more to the story than just the Dr. Fauci stuff, of course, because the big news is Devin Archer testifying. Fox News opinion piece as of this morning. Hunter's ex-business partner, Devin Archer, could blow the lid off Joe Biden's phony claims of innocence. Seriously? We all know. But the real story is that our government is as crooked as it comes. Now, perhaps when the neocons and neolibs were in control, this was always the case. But it didn't really matter because there was no meaningful opposition. And now Donald Trump represents true opposition to the bureaucratic state, to the permanent government, call it whatever you want. Donald Trump is not a neocon, nor is he perfect. You see, maybe, I don't know, there's a bunch of conspiracy theories about what may have happened in 2016. Maybe the Russians really did interfere. Maybe the Russians interfered in such a way that the U.S. can't reveal. So Hillary Clinton screams and complains they did it, but they could never offer any evidence. It's convenient for them, I suppose. Or the reality is that Donald Trump is an internet era politician who was able to rally people who had traditionally not voted and actually won the election by only about 80,000 votes across three states by saying things the American people liked. No war, secure borders and jobs. And the deep state went, whoops, how did we let this happen? We must be in control. And they were. The Democrats and the Republicans were basically the same thing. And even now, What is Kevin McCarthy doing? I love this stuff. Here you go from the New York Times. McCarthy, pressured by the right, escalates talk of impeaching Biden. Oh, boy. You mean to tell me that we finally convinced McCarthy to talk about maybe launching an inquiry into the impeachment of Joe Biden? Wow. Talk about nothing. Here's what I want to see. Uh, Impeachment. Marjorie Taylor Greene's been going for it. Joe Biden is corrupt. His family is corrupt. His administration is corrupt. It is as corrupt as corrupt can be. Donald Trump is no saint. There's a lot of complaints I have about Donald Trump. All I care about with Trump getting elected is firing everybody. Revenge. Just fire them all. Clear out the bureaucratic state. And from the ashes of the old, we shall build anew. Hey, that's what the left likes to say, right? Trump can fire all these people, clean house, and maybe we can get this country back on track and focus on what the American people actually want. We got to do something about the media apparatus, mind you. But in the meantime, this is the current state of the GOP. The speaker's comments came on the eve of a hearing in the tax case against Hunter Biden and head of a potential third indictment of former President Donald Trump. Oh, they're just going to keep indicting Donald Trump over and over and over. Here we go. Now, this story is from July 25th, and there's some murmuring that the impeachment process may have begun. But what does that really mean? All that means is Kevin McCarthy is now asking the question. Should we impeach Joe Biden? Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're well past that. 
The answer is yes, we should. Hands down, yes, we should, for a variety of reasons. I mean, we can talk about things he's done as president. How about Afghanistan? How about the 25th Amendment? For heaven's sake, the dude is clearly unwell. But here we are. The Republicans won't even muster up that. Despite the fact we know of the criminal enterprise that is the Biden family, you can make the argument that many of the things that Joe Biden was doing was well before, well before he became president, perhaps when he was vice president. But can you impeach a sitting president for things he did a long time ago? I don't know about that. You can criminally charge him, however. So how about them apples? They say no sitting president has ever been criminally charged. Okay, we'll see. But I can tell you it ain't coming from this DOJ. The Daily Mail reports after Hunter Biden's plea deal dramatically fell apart in court this week. Department of Justice made clear it's still looking into potential foreign foreign lobbying and money laundering charges against him. And now after a painstaking investigation using documents from Hunter's abandoned laptop, interviews with sources and subpoenaed records obtained by DailyMail.com, we can reveal exactly what evidence may be used against the first son. The information lays out a laundry list of potential foreign influence violations that span China, Russia, Ukraine, Romania, Kazakhstan, Mexico, and other Latin American countries. The new legal peril for Hunter comes in the day his former partner, Devin Archer, is set to testify before the House Oversight Committee, where she's expected to tell of alleged links between Vice President Joe Biden and Hunter's murky web of international business contacts. Are we really that stupid? Let me tell you how it works. The Clinton Foundation. Oh, boy, they sure did get a lot of convenient donations from world leaders in other countries when Hillary Clinton was secretary of state. How about Dem apples? How does it work? Well, let's just say this. Let's say hypothetically there's a guy named um, Bunter, Bunter Hyden and his dad, Joe Hyden, maybe Hyden. And uh, Joe is a politician and uh, he's engaged in some illicit business activity, as it were. Now, he can't directly intervene in any of these worldly affairs as a politician. That would be illegal, corrupt, and he maybe could get caught. But simply put, he has a son. That son can act as an intermediary. Bunter, Bunter Hyden, can then go to a whole bunch of countries and say, I represent certain interests, and they know exactly what it means. That means the money that he's talking about ain't for him. It's for the big guy. It's for the big guy. The big guy's the one who's in office. These are his proxies. The big guy is Joe Hyden or Bo Jiden, whatever you want to call him. And that's how it works. It's fairly obvious. A sitting politician, vice president can't go to a foreign country and say, you give my nonprofit, you give my family money and we'll do sweetheart international deals for you. They get caught. Maybe, maybe not, you know, with the neocon, like when it comes to the neocon establishment, they don't want to call this out because they do the same thing. Joe Biden keeps saying, I did not. I'm sorry. Well, hypothetically speaking, Joe Hyden would come out and say, I've done nothing wrong. All right, let's drop the innuendo. Joe Biden says he hasn't done anything wrong. Yeah, what he's really saying is everything I did was in line with politics in D.C. Why am I being singled out? Y'all are crooked and corrupt and have been forever. And the only thing really protecting people like Joe Biden is, unfortunately, this young, ignorant left liberal apparatus. 
people like Gen Z for change. I love these insipid, ignorant youth. They have no idea what they're talking about. They don't even they weren't even they weren't even involved in politics when Joe Biden was vice president. They're just regurgitating insane talking. You know what I really, really love about the whole Gen Z thing is climate change stuff. Let's put it this way. I think that uh, I think that the humans are polluting the planet too much. I've seen plastic garbage. I've seen disgusting pollution everywhere. I think plastic is awful. I hate plastic. Certainly plastic has revolutionized, uh, revolutionized a lot of things and people don't realize how much it has. But I'm not a fan. I think we got to get away from it. I think it's bad. I think it's bad for our manufacturing base economically. And I think it's bad for the planet. I'd love to see less pollution, less plastic, cleaner energy, nuclear power, geothermal, tidal power. That is tides. You can put generators in the water. When the tide comes in, it spins turbines. Tons of ways to generate energy, to capture energy than burning fossil fuels. Granted, the return on energy investment from fossil fuels is substantial. So I don't see I don't see us getting away from it anytime soon, but we can start to convert. I think solar panels are great. I think there's a bunch of things we can do. We put little, little, little wind turbines on people's houses, just generate more power that way and decentralize our grid. There's brilliant reasons for doing this. I like all that. But these young people come out. There's this viral video where this Gen Z for change woman is like, I mustered up the courage to yell at Karine Jean-Pierre, despite the fact that like they're basically Biden, Biden youth. And the White House doesn't care. And she's like, why is Joe Biden signing this fossil fuel deal? We got to stop. Dude, you're like 19. You don't know anything about anything. Greta Thunberg is calling for mass genocide. And I'm not exaggerating. I'm not saying she wants people dead. I'm saying what she's calling for would result in like 60 million deaths overnight. She famously was like, we will not wait till 2030 or 2022. We want it now. It was several years ago, mind you, 2022 uh, has long passed. But that's what she was saying. We want a ban on fossil fuels now. If they did ban fossil fuels, all the old people freeze to death. Tons of people boil to death. There's no food. Diabetics are the first to go because they need to refrigerate insulin. And there's a ton of other medications that require refrigeration. Sorry. That means we need electric plants, which the majority uh, are running on fossil fuels. What can we do? Hey, look, man, I'm all for practical change. But these people have no idea what they're talking about. These young people, they just seemingly want to uh, destroy everything. Now they keep coming out and they're like, we have five years until the world ends. And then it's been five years and we're like, dude, nothing's happening. To be fair, they're not explicitly saying the world will end, but they do make bad predictions. What they, what they tend to say is if we don't reverse it, and this is where many of the anti-climate change, our uh, global warming people are being a bit disingenuous. People like AOC, she didn't say the world will end in 10, end in 10 years unless we do something now. She said, in 10 years, the damage will be irreversible and that will lead us to catastrophe. So who knows how long it would take for the world to end. They're just saying the tipping point. The problem is, and this is where the real criticism is, they keep saying the tipping point is around the corner and then it's not. You've got uh, this viral video now where they were, I think it was John Kerry or somebody was saying in 2009 that in five years there'd be no ice in the Arctic. And there is. How about that? But the real issue is you look at this man. Joe Biden. Let's go back to the main story. He's a liar. He's a cheater. He's a stealer. He's a thief. Our government has been run by corrupt interests for self-gain for too long. And you know what it probably is? I wouldn't be surprised if the reality of the United States is that the president is just a figurative seat. 
The real government is the intelligence apparatus. They control everything. And the real reason you want to be president is not because you actually engage in any kind of actual policy making or commanding. It's that you get rich. You win the popularity contest. You're good. You'll be rich for the rest of your life. You'll be protected. You'll be famous. You'll be a historical figure. Feels great. People of little merit earning something that they can put on their resumes. And then what do they do? In the office, they enrich themselves. Then they pass it off to the intelligence agencies and say, you guys do the real work. You're applying for a job to be a spokesperson. That seems to be the reality, probably since JFK. And so here we are. Spokesperson Biden, a crooked individual who simply wanted to make money. And Obama said to him, Joe, you don't have to do this before he ran. And I think the real issue was he didn't have to do it because he was already rich. He's time to retire. His family's got all these crooked deals. They'll be protected. But Joe said, no, I'll do it, man. Come on. Because Donald Trump actually thought he was president. How about that? The CIA was probably pissed off. They're like, what are you doing? We run the show here, not you. What do the American people decide? Now, the reality is this. I don't believe the CIA, the FBI, the NSA. I don't think they hate you. I don't think they hate me. I think they don't care all that much about the individual. I do think that there are a lot of people at these agencies who think they're smarter than you and better than you, that they should be running the show and they'll do whatever it takes to run it. I do think many of them believe the ends justify the means. I do think many of them believe that uh, they do want the American interest to succeed. They want to maintain the petrodollar and all that stuff. And that means good things for you. But here's how I describe it. The CEO of the company has many employees. Their benefits are getting cut. Their pensions are disappearing. And he says, they're better off working for me. I'm going to make this company better. And if they don't like it, too bad. That's how I view it. The intelligence agencies, their interests, they don't explain to you why they're doing it. They don't care what you do. They care more so that you are a statistic, that you generate economic activity. And that's all that matters. There's no soul anymore. Donald Trump tried bringing something back. He actually wanted to shore up Americans' manufacturing base, the economy, our border defense, make NATO pay their bills. But they don't want to do it. The intelligence agencies didn't want to do it. So they turned to a man who was deeply corrupt. And this is the United States being ripped asunder. Things could have been oh so good if, I don't know, over the past hundred years, we were just under the control of intelligence agencies and the president mattered very little. Eh, sure, they got their agendas, but Trump seemed to really be like, no, we're doing it my way or the highway. And it seems like they said, Trump, you ain't doing this. He's like, I'm pulling our troops out. You can't stop me. And then Trump could go on TV and say, Trump could tweet it. They just do it. What could they do? And now where are we? They cannot allow Donald Trump to win. They cannot allow a man who is not beholden to their interests to win. When they say that Russia has dirt on Trump, I think the reality is, It's that there's no dirt on Trump, none. And they've smeared him every which way and they can't find anything. So here we are. Dirty Biden and Dirty Hunter being protected. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders from ship to shore, air to ground. Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Well, all I can say is I hope that the Republican efforts at ballot harvesting and ballot chasing 
knocking on doors succeeds. Because, you know, when people complain the elections are rigged, I just remind you that Donald Trump won in 2016. Don't, and then everybody, everybody makes every excuse why the election was rigged in 2020. And I'm like, dude, Trump won. Well, yeah, but you know, that's because they, no, 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 no. I don't care why or how. I don't care what you think the system is. I'm not asserting anything about the system. I'm saying Trump can win. He just has to play the game correctly. We will see. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. This one's going to have some ripple effects for the economy, so pay attention. Trucking giant Yellow shuts down operations. The 99-year-old company with 22,000 Teamsters employees advises customers and workers of shutdown. This could be around 30,000 jobs gone, 22,000 union jobs. And you know what? Sad reality. I think they're going to try and move into auto trucking and they want this to happen. Okay, well, let me slow down. Who is they though? No, I mean, I think uh, financial interests looking at whether or not they want to keep up investment or support physical trucking businesses, a human driver is probably, it's probably not. They don't want to do it. We know electric trucking is on the horizon. AI trucking is on the horizon. These will be self-driving freights that charge themselves. They'll pull into a station. I imagine at first it'll be a guy who walks up and plugs in a supercharger, unplugs it, and then it takes off. They could even be gas operated, but they drive themselves. So you don't need to pay truckers anymore. This is a move that many of the financial interests, these are investors, these are the high ranking executives, of these companies, something they've wanted to happen for some time. But there's also an important lesson in uh, union negotiations, because one of the reasons they say for the collapse of this uh, trucking company is the Teamsters negotiations, stagnation while the company bled money and then imploded. And for that reason, I do want to talk about unions and why I love and hate them. Let me just uh, clarify for you. I love collective bargaining. The workers deserve to be treated fairly and deserve an honest cut of the profits. Genuinely believe so. But here's the big question for all the union members. Do you take a cut of the profits when the profits come in? And do you take a cut of the debt? When the debt comes in, because it makes no sense that you would come here and say, in good times, we deserve and in bad times, F you. And that's where we are. That's the mentality of the modern liberal uh, in the Democratic Party when it comes to unions. They never want to entertain the idea that as employees being stakeholders means debt all the same. No, only profits, only profits. It reminds me a lot of like feminism. They say women should be able to work. And you're like, OK, sewers right there, honey. You want to do the job that men do? Absolutely. You should be allowed to. But that includes working in the sewers. No, they're only ever talking about the cushy air conditioned office jobs. Send the men to the petroleum rigs into the sewers. And that's the same thing with unions. This is what I just don't like. Equal share means the debts and the profits. Now, my view of running a company is if you work for the company and you generate revenue for the company, you're entitled to the large majority of it. The company should recoup what it's spent in investment plus a light premium. But I don't take this view many of these companies have where it's like, you know, you could be making 50% margins per employee. And I'm like, nah, you'd rather give more of that to the, the person doing the work. That's my view of things. So I kind of imagine that if I ever opened a coffee shop, which is on the way, the people who work there, when we become profitable, they're going to be making a good sum of money. 
because I'm, I'm not trying to own a chain of coffee shops to be rich. I'm trying to open a chain of coffee shops to change culture and make people's lives better, create good jobs and all that stuff. But however, I understand why corporations exist this way. The reality is that if you do right by your employees in good times, they will thank you for it. When bad times come, they'll say your fault, your problem. So how do you balance that? Am I as the employer supposed to set aside a rainy day fund, take nothing for myself for all the work that I've done, give the profits and benefits to those in good times when the bad times befall me? I'm the one left to suffer. No, I think perhaps the reality is there should be some uh, uh, contractual negotiations in this regard. Let's talk about this. For one, it is shocking. There's some blame they say to Donald Trump because they're saying he put in $700 million in COVID rescue. No, I think that's a good thing. Trump was trying to save jobs and we did this big COVID rescue, COVID rescue plan for everybody. Granted, huge mistake across the board and shutting everything down may have destroyed the economy. But I think really this is what they wanted. Seriously. Look at this. Yellow started in 1924 as a tiny taxi and bus operations in Oklahoma City. The Yellow Cab Transit Company ferried locals around in yellow Ford Model Ts. Isn't that crazy? A hundred years later, the company's gone. That's kind of crazy. Do they still operate taxis? I feel like they do, don't they? They said they bought another uh, trucking company and then they've been uh, saddled with debt. They can't pay it off. But the main thing I want to get to in this regard is the unions. They say Yellow's financial woes have mounted this year as declining shipping demands across the freight sector cut into volumes and sent rates falling. Its cash holdings fell to around 100 million in June from 235 million in December. The company made progress on its integration in its western region then work to push ahead across the country. Those actions triggered sharp and escalating changes between the Teamsters and the company. The Teamsters said the company needed to renegotiate its multi-year contract, which expires after March 24, to carry out its operating changes. Yellow filed suit on June 27th, accusing the Teamsters of blocking the changes and costing the trucker business. The company said inaction could push Yellow into liquidation. In June, the company sought to defer two pension fund payments, putting it $50 million behind its contributions. The Teamsters threatened to strike mid-July if the company didn't make the payment, spooking customers. This is what I want to get to. I'm a big fan of truckers. Truckers are the red blood cells of this nation. Without truckers, you don't get your avocados in winter. You don't get your strawberries in the fall. You want out-of-season fruit? Thank a trucker. In fact, to be completely honest, everything you get, period. Here's the reality of it all. As the red blood cells of this nation... Understand this. When you eat, say, like Thai food, do you have any idea the complex degree of ingredients that must come together to craft such a meal? It's crazy, to be completely honest. All of the weird. I can't remember what I was eating. I was eating at like an Indian restaurant and I looked up the ingredients to like the recipe for some meal. And I was like, yo, this plant grows in Central America. This animal is bred in California. This spice comes from, you know, Southeast Asia. And they ship it all on on cargo ships and then truckers bring it all to your supermarket. And then you're able to live like a king because his people are operating in this way. So I certainly am a big fan of truckers. But you also need to understand this. Regardless of what job you do, if the money ain't there, the money ain't there. I worked for Fusion, ABC Univision Joint Venture. Most of you know this. After I left, there was talk about unionizing. Because a bunch of these digital newsrooms were unionizing. I told my friend, I said, you know what, you, you, here's what you do. Go to your boss right now 
and say, I want nothing to do with this. I do not want to unionize. Please give me any position in any way that has nothing to do with the unionization effort. I'll tell you why. They're going to fire all of you. Why? If there's no money to pay you, you don't get paid. Really that simple. So when all the employees come to the boss and say, we demand more money, and the boss goes, uh, yeah, there's no money. And they say, well, then we won't work. Well, okay, you're all fired. And guess what happened? They laid off like 300 people. Yeah, I'll give a shout out. As a business owner myself, one thing that people genuinely don't understand is that when you come and ask for a raise, typically what you're saying is, can I have some of your money? Really? Not always, not always. There are certainly circumstances where people are dramatically underpaid and they're producing more in value. But take a look at most businesses that are either falling into the red due to hard times, or you take a look at startup businesses, in this case, Fusion. Fusion gets investment to operate. They're not generating revenue in the black. They're in the red, meaning they may make money, but they're losing and spending more money than they make. You then come and say, I deserve more money. The boss says, look, I'm tracking our revenue right here. We lose $100,000 a month. Y'all want more money? You're going to double our losses and rapidly accelerate our decline. We need to generate more money. Then we can pay you more. And they went, no, I deserve it. And I've heard this so many times from these digital newsrooms. They would say things like, if you're trying to invest and build something, we're the ones who are doing the work. So we deserve more money. Okay, well, at a certain point, if you cannot reach that point, your business ceases to exist. And this is what kind of feels like happens here with the Teamsters. The Teamsters are threatening to strike. Customers get spooked, don't want to spend anymore. They're already bleeding money. And then they say, that's it. We surrender. We are done. Already several hundred people have lost their jobs, non-union. And it's likely going to be 30,000. Now, perhaps what may happen to prevent this is the government may intervene and say, too big to fail. We cannot allow 30,000 jobs to leave, to just be gone. Biden certainly doesn't want those numbers, but already the U.S. Treasury owns 30% of this. Look at this. The U.S. Treasury now holds 30% of yellow shares, which have plunged. Yeah, it ain't going to work. But here's what I was saying early on. It's not so much the fault of anybody who's trying to make a living that I get. And if you can't work, if you're not making enough money at a company that's losing money, you need to go find another job because your job's short lived. Do the best you can. But I got to tell you guys. What I see with this, what I see with a lot of it, the powerful interests are thinking, what do we invest in? Do we invest in the guy who's going to demand more money or do I just buy a self-driving truck? McDonald's is doing it already. Kiosks have replaced cashiers. Beep, beep, beep. Swipe your card. Someone makes the food. It's happening everywhere. Happened. It was all over Europe years ago. I remember going to a restaurant in Europe. They already do this. So where does that bring us? Most of your jobs are at risk. I don't have any good advice for you. I'm not going to sit here and say, learn to code. I'm going to say, I don't know. You've got the uh, writer's strike going on. Brian Cranston screaming, they will not replace our jobs with robots. I found that really funny. The liberal elite screaming, learn to code. At all the coal miners, you can learn to code. Why not? Hey, actors, writers, learn to code. Don't you want to adapt with the technology of the era? If you can't code, then what are you really doing? 
boy, the times they are a changing. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, man. I feel bad for the truckers. Dude. I don't want anybody to lose their jobs. I don't even like it when the journalists lose their job. And we, we make fun of them because they're bad people, typically. Not every journalist. There are good journalists out there. But I mean like these digital woke garbage websites. It is bad when people lose their jobs. We want the economy to do better. Now, when it comes to truckers, it's particularly bad. I want all the truckers to do better. But yo, they're trying to replace truckers with robots. And this is going to make them very happy. Already the wheels are turning. And I'm betting a bunch of big investors are getting ready for robo trucks. We'll see. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. on the channel. Thanks for hanging out. And I'll see y'all then. Yeah, and there it is. Elon already won. Over half the people who signed up for threads have stopped using it, prompting Mark Zuckerberg to push for hooks to entice users, report says. You know, everybody's making fun of Elon Musk over the X rebrand, but I think it is absolutely brilliant. I do not think that Elon Musk is some 4D chess playing genius. I think he just tends to make moves which in the long run benefit him. What was the point of buying Twitter to make X and everything app? And how did he get the investment? Do you really think Elon Musk went to a bunch of investors and said, we should have free speech? And they were like, that's a good point, Elon. We're going to give you a billion dollars. Nope. Elon Musk went to these guys and said, we're going to launch X and everything app just like they do in China. Communications, your friends, your phone book. It's going to be your, your finances, how you buy things, how you spend things, where you put your money. All of it in one. We're going to own it. The investor said, surely, sir, there is no way you can build up a user base to do that. I mean, what about Facebook? And Elon said, we're going to buy Twitter. Horribly mismanaged. But the reason why Twitter will work over Facebook is because Twitter is the water cooler. Everybody wants to be there. Mark Zuckerberg is trying to do the same thing, and he can't because it's lame. They launched an inferior product. Now, I often say just do it, right? But yo, first in best dressed, that's Elon and X. Elon bought you. He bought me. He bought the user base. Launching this partner program where you get to make money. Perfect. I'm not saying that Elon has planned a multidimensional victory. I'm saying he's got a very simple trajectory for the company that he is following with. That's it. Why is he ragging on the left and liberals in the media? Because they're lying about him. His investors are probably very happy. He's moving forward with this. User activity is way up and Mark Zuckerberg is losing. Here's the story from Insider. They say Threads has lost more than half its users since the app launched. Zuckerberg told staff and Reuters reported. They say Meta's text based app designed to compete with Twitter, beating ChatGPT's blah, 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 raised a bunch of users. He said, obviously, if you have more than 100 million people sign up, ideally, it would be awesome if all of them or even half of them stuck around. We're not there yet. Oof. Woo. The Meta CEO added that he considers this drop to be normal and said things will get better. I agree. I really do. Victim of his own success. You know, that when, when, it, when Threads launched, 
Of course, I downloaded Threads. I wanted to try it out. That counts me as a user. I then go on. I look at the platform and what it has to offer, and it has nothing. It's a bunch of random people that I don't care about, and that's what I'm getting in the feed. I have no interest. Sorry, I just, I just really don't. The problem with Threads out the gate, the mistake they made was that you were getting random garbage information from people you don't care about. That's it. On Twitter, I'm already following who I like. Many of you on Twitter are already following who you like. You want to see what we have to say. You follow who we, re- we retweet. There is a cell. There is a network of things that interest you. So you engage. On Threads, I'm like, dude, I don't, let, 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 me, let me pull this up. Like, I can't even get it to load properly, to be completely honest. What do we have here? Here is a busty woman in a bathing suit. Yo, look, that's fine or whatever. I got a girlfriend. I don't care about this. This is like, okay, here's a guy. He's posting a cartoon. And uh, I, it, okay, I don't find that cartoon interesting. It's a comic or whatever. What do we have here? Teacher goals. Today, you could be standing next to someone who is trying their best to not fall apart. I'm sorry, dude. After swiping through a few of these, I'm out. If I go on Twitter right now, you know what I'm going to see? Jokes, memes, fun, conversation. And that's it. I'm sorry. X. I don't think Trump cared about Twitter. I'm sorry. I don't think Elon cared about Twitter. Uh, for that, uh, mis- for, for misspeaking there, I will also add, I don't think that Trump really cares about Twitter either. I think Trump may come back to X. We'll see. But let's talk about the alternatives. While many liberals are saying, we're going to go to threads and we're going to go to Mastodon. Uh, here's the Washington Post for you. And this one's surprising. Twitter rival Mastodon rife with child abuse material study finds. Whoops. Uh-oh. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't go on that one. Uh, to be fair, I like Mastodon. I really do. It's not so much Mastodon. I like the Fediverse. And I believe Elon even mentioned, I could be wrong about this, but I believe that Twitter will eventually find itself on the Metaverse as well. I'm so- Fediverse, geez, should drink my coffee. The Fediverse is basically a protocol for social media. So it won't matter which client you're using. You can follow me on X while you're on Gap or whatever, or vice versa. That's what the Fediverse basically is. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. In the meantime, the woke left can't stop losing their minds. In the AP, X logo installed atop Twitter building, spurring San Francisco to investigate permit violation. Oh, yeah. Elon installed this gigantic X logo on top of the old Twitter building, being weighted down by sandbags, apparently. I don't think it's like the, the left is freaking out, acting like it's the apocalypse. Like, oh, no, what if it falls off the edge? Dude, it's not that big. It's not that, ba- it's not that heavy. It ain't falling off the edge. However, it is flashing like this massively bright strobe light, which I find to be very, very funny. And when I saw that, I was like, man, Elon is hitting out of the park. It may be that Elon is stumbling around and slipping on banana peels, but this is brilliant. It keeps him in the press. Twitter ain't going nowhere. Sorry, X ain't going nowhere so long as it keeps getting the press. I got to put a giant uh, picture, a beanie or something on a building to generate press. Man, this is brilliant. Elon does this. It costs almost nothing and it generates earned press. Here you go. The city of San Francisco has opened a complaint and launched an investigation into a giant X sign that was installed Friday on top of the building, formerly known as Twitter headquarters. City officials say replacing letters or symbols on buildings or erecting a sign on top of one requires a permit for design and safety reasons. The X appeared after SF police stopped workers on Monday from removing the brand's iconic bird and logo from the side of the building, saying they hadn't taped off the sidewalk to keep pedestrians safe if anything fell. I got to be honest, 
that's a really fair point. You should not be doing this kind of construction unless you've been like, hey, guys, stand back, please, while we remove this, which requires permitting. Sorry. I don't know. Maybe if you're a libertarian, you're like, you could just do whatever you want. And if somebody walks under and it falls too bad. And I'm like, yeah, I guess technically fine, whatever. But in this instance, it is fair to say. Now, that being said, meanwhile, you had a couple of kids steal a car and crash it, seriously injuring people. And they're like, we're not going to prosecute these uh, young joyriders. You mean to tell me you're going to go after Elon Musk to put a giant letter on a building that poses no threat to anybody, but the kids who flipped a car over after stealing it, you're not prosecuting? Yeah, right. Like I trust these people. Erecting a sign on top of a building also requires a permit. Planning, review, and approval is also necessary for the installation of this sign. The city is opening a complaint and issuing an investigation. Here's the funny thing about government. It only operates on our confidence and approval. Elon puts up this X. What can the city do? Complain. File a permit. File an injunction. Not not a permit. File an injunction. Go after Elon Musk. Great. And then in a month or two, maybe a court will order him to take the X down. He'll say, okay, the soonest the company can come out and do it is in one month. And then he can say, like, what are you going to do about it? I mean, for all we know, Elon was planning this X going up in uh, for a year or longer. And he can say, we'll take the X down. We'll turn it off. It's going to take about three months to get the crew out to dismantle it. What's the court going to say? No, uh, you know, OK, it can only take as much time as it takes. This is Elon Musk winning. It just is, man, because in the meantime, it generates tons of press. They say Musk unveiled the new X logo to replace Twitter, blah, blah, blah. He's the CEO of Tesla. He's obsessed with the letter X. We get it. We get it. We get it. Pick your poison, man. It ain't going to be threads. I pull up the Threads app and I see a bunch of these like liberal personalities. I think like Robert Reich or whatever his name is popped up. Uh, what is this? What is this? The dad. Why is this being sent to me? Why are you and mommy fighting? Uh, you'll understand when you're older, huh? Thinking about how his mom beat me at Mario Kart by timing a red shell to hit me right before the finish line. Well, I, 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 I get it. It's a, fun, it's a fun joke. You know, that's fine. People might like that. I don't know. Here's another one. friendly reminder, you're not selfish. Why would I use this? Is this Gretchen Whitmer? (laughs) Oh, no. You know, that's the funny thing, too. I go on threads and I'm getting sent all of this like liberal Democrat stuff. I guess it's because they're the only ones using it. Meanwhile, the real world exists on Twitter. And right now, Ron Perlman is trending because Ron Perlman said he was boycotting X and leaving and going to threads. And then he came back and started complaining again. It's like, oh, these people are insufferable. Move to Canada already. You kept talking about doing it if Trump got elected. He got elected and you didn't go anywhere. And I'm just sitting here like, dude, it's the waiting I can't stand. Bro, I will buy you the ticket. And here we are. The people claiming they're going to boycott Twitter X ain't doing it. And I still have to listen to their insufferable whinging. Sure, whatever. In the long run, this was obvious. It was obviously coming. No one's going to stay on the platform. We all tried it and half the people left. Elon's winning this one. We'll see how it plays out. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and we'll see y'all then. We got this tweet from Drama Alert. TikTokers are now doing abduction pranks. Are these pranks getting out of hand? Now, Drama Alert knows full well that pranks have gotten out of hand a long time ago. It's an understatement, to say the least. Let's, let's play the clip for you. And uh, you'll see you'll, you'll see this clip and then we'll talk about YouTube pranks or TikTok pranks. So for those that are listening, you got a worker 
who has come to put groceries in the trunk of a car and there's a woman in the back tied up, gagged or whatever and screaming. And here come the police. Is this going too far? Asks drama alert. TikTok pranks. Yo, internet pranks have long gone too far. The police end up showing up and they're like, it's a prank, bro. It's a prank, bro. Yo, yo, our culture is sick, man, because this stuff is insane. I don't know how you describe it. There are people who are so desperate for any kind of acknowledgement they'll resort to the most disgusting and vile behaviors. It's the craziest thing to me. I mean, there's varying degrees of this. You've got online grifters. You've got people of true passion. That's fine. Then you've got people who feign political opinions for clout or whatever. Then you get pranksters. You even get, at the most extreme degree, mass shooters, people who will go around committing atrocities because they want people to know their names. But this, this is insane. But the question, of course, is, are things getting out of hand? Yo, They've been out of hand. Take a look at this. A YouTuber was shot by a man who was the target of his prank. Now, this story is actually relatively new. May 3rd, 2023. And this, you know, I'm going to say right here. Long story short, pranker in the mall, pranks a guy, guy shoots the prankster. The shooter is charged with felonies. I'm going to read for you the story and break down the BS, but I'm going to say this. The man who fired the shot, I believe, should be found not guilty based on what we know so far, based on the circumstances here, and the person committing the prank should be criminally charged. Now, the the dude committing the prank got shot in the abdomen, was rushed to the hospital, but he was the criminal. This is terrorism. Okay, maybe maybe it's a little bit extreme. It's it's something criminal. Maybe we shouldn't say terrorism because it's not politically motivated. But the intention of these pranksters is to shock and terrify people and to cause chaos. Here's one story. 11-year-old Florida girl arrested after prank texting 911 to say her friend was kidnapped as part of a YouTube challenge. Criminal charges. Sorry. Now, look, what kind of criminal charges do you lay on an 11-year-old girl? Something light, something stupid. You make her go and clean up garbage for like a weekend or a couple things and say, don't. All she did was text 911. We don't want it. You got to send a message and say, like, this is what we don't tolerate. There has to be enforcement. But I want you to see this story. Take a look at this one. Dulles Town Center mall shooting case sent to grand jury. Yo, this is like one of my local malls. Although I think the Dulles Town Center mall may be the uh, let me let me let me uh, try and pull this up while I'm talking. I think this could be the mall where they play that really annoying mosquito tone, which I think is is criminal, by the way. I think it shouldn't be allowed. Is Instagram even going to load here? I posted a video about it a while ago, and I'm pretty sure it's Dulles Town Center. You walk through this mall, and it's playing an ultra high pitched squeal that only young people can hear. As you get older, your hearing starts to go. And if you're younger, you can hear the high pitch whine. It's really annoying, makes you not want to be there. And so I think what they're trying to do is stop people, uh, young people from loitering at the mall by blasting this sound. Do I have it here? No, it's not that one. I'm pretty sure it's Dulles Town Center. I really, really want to find this and make sure. Maybe I've gone too far. I posted on Instagram. Is this it right here? Dulles Town Center Mall. Boom. There it was. Yep. So not a fan of the mall. But anyway, here's the story. Alan W. Colley, 31, was charged with aggravated malicious wounding 
use of a firearm in the commission of a felony, and discharging a firearm within a building following the April 2nd altercation in the mall's food court. They say, according to testimony, Kali was standing at the counter of a food vendor holding a bag when he was approached by Cook and another man. Cook held the phone towards Kali's face and played the statement multiple times, like a, trans- a Google Translate statement, as Kali tried to back away. At one point, Kali pushed the phone away from him and asked him to stop, but Cook brought it back up to his face and repeated the recording. Next, a gunshot was heard, and Cook ran away from the food court and out of the mall, stopping on the sidewalk near Cheesecake Factory. It was there he realized he'd been shot in the chest. It was the abdomen, actually, hit him in the liver, and I think his gallbladder was removed. A responding deputy rendered first aid until an ambulance arrived. Cook underwent surgery. Kali remained on scene at the food court while the handgun was on the ground. So there's video of this. Kali immediately pushes the gun away from him and lays on the ground with, I believe, with his hands on his head. The cops come in, kick the gun away and arrest him. This guy is a was a DoorDash driver minding his own business, standing at the counter, picking up an order. This dude walks up and shoves something in his face and he swats it away and says, get back. The dude shoves it in his face again. Pop. Who was at fault? Now, I don't know the exact details. You got to watch a video footage if there is any. Maybe it was a longer altercation. Maybe the dude playing the prank was clearly just holding a phone and the guy was like, if you don't get that out of my face, I'm going to shoot you. In which case, maybe some criminal charges are warranted. Based on multiple stories that I've read, it seems this prankster walks up to the dude with the phone, puts it next to his face, and the guy swats it away like, get away from me. The guy does it again and he goes, dude, bang, self-defense. No question. Sorry. I think this guy should be found not guilty based on what I've read. Granted, I don't know the full details. Innocent until proven guilty. But let me tell you something. This is how crimes are committed. Do you think that when you're being mugged, the guy walks up to you, stands five feet in front of you and says, hold it right there, sir. This here is a muggin' and then pulls out a gun and says, kapow. No, two guys walk up to you. They'll hold something to your face to freak you out. They'll they'll try and grab stuff from you. This guy's in a mall and two guys, two guys walk up to him and hold something to his face. And he's supposed to know within seconds why they're doing this really weird thing. This is how they mug people. This is what they do. They come up, they distract you, they grab your stuff, shove you, and they'll run off. For all he knows, this guy was trying to hurt him. So I feel for the dude at the counter. Yo, these pranksters are out of their minds. Look at this one. This guy gets shot. This dude should be in jail. Tanner Cook should be in jail. I'm not saying he should be charged with like multiple felonies, but he should be arrested. It should not be the other guy who was the victim. Crazy to me. Spanish court. This guy put toothpaste in Oreo cookies and gave it to homeless people. That's toxic. You could kill people. These two guys made fake bank robbery videos. Nuts. One YouTuber, this one's silly, called 911 claiming there was a car full of Coke. Uh, I was Coca-Cola under arrest. Yo. Wasting government resource with this fake stuff. These people are, are insane. Here we go. A Florida YouTuber impersonated an officer. Apparently, he'd been arrested multiple times, six different times. A New Jersey YouTuber was arrested for pulling a knife on a ShopRite employee. All of these people should be criminally charged. They should be banned from these sites instantly. That's right. I am in favor of censorship because these people are committing crimes. That's always been my standard. So here we are. Drama alert. Abduction pranks. Dude, they've been going too far. I remember uh, a while ago, you used to have you had the, you had the killer clown pranks. People would dress up like clowns and they would approach people with weapons. 
Y'all going to get shot, dude. Don't do that. You have these videos where people dress up in other costumes and they would jump scare people. Good way to get seriously injured. Don't do it. If I'm walking down the street and you jump out from behind a corner and scream, you've just assaulted me. I will defend myself. And then all these people are going to be like, oh, all they do is jump scare. It's not an attack. I am not going to be in a situation where I have to wait to figure out why someone just yelled and jumped out at me because it could be a mugging. It could be an attack. It could be a psychopath or it could be a prankster. The responsibility is not mine to figure it out. You jump in my face and I perceive a threat. That's your fault. So I saw this story about this dude at the Dulles Town Center. His lawyer says there was no malice. Look at this. Adam Pulliard, the public defender's office, argued that Cook's actions were intended to cause fear and confusion among his prank targets. He is making money by causing fear in individuals, Pulliard said. He also argued Colley's response lacked elements of malice required to support the felony charges. Assistant Commonwealth Attorney Eden Holmes said Kali used incommensurate force in the altercation. They were holding cell phones, not a weapon. No way. I don't care what you're shoving in my face. It is not the fault of the victim who is being attacked and perceiving the threat. If this dude backed off right away, he'd be fine. But he advanced again. And at that point, it seems reasonable to me that Kali perceived a very serious threat. And why is it the victim's responsibility every time these stories happen? Now, again, just based off the reading, reading this, that's my opinion. I could be wrong. For all I know, he backed off and the prankster was like, hey, it's a prank, bro. It's a prank, bro. And the guy's like, you're pranking me? And then shot him. I don't know. This is what's being said, apparently. Now, in the, in, in the story, from the perspective of the guy who got shot, apparently that's the same story. That's crazy to me. This prank stuff goes too far. I think it's criminal. I think at the very least, it's criminal harassment. Why are they charging this dude? Because he had a gun. I think that's the real issue. We'll see, though, man. We'll see. I'm going to keep an eye on this one because this one's in my, this one's in my backyard. We go to the Dulles uh, Mall fairly often. I mean, it's, uh, it's super close to Leesburg, which is like a half hour drive from here. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.